Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to Buck's Line here for the Buffalo Wild Wings on Bethel Road. I was wondering if uh, Maureen was going to be here, known as the Woo Lady. Uh, her husband, Joe, if you... If you listen to Buck's Line, you know uh, for years and years we've been here at the Buffalo Wild Wings on Bethel Road. And uh, before that, gosh, we're all, we've been Schmidt's, uh, Hall of Fame Cafe, a bunch of different places. And uh, Joe has been our first questioner when we hit the open mic segment for 15, 20 years. Just want to give a shout out to him. He had knee replacement surgery. He's not here. Hopefully we could have the 7.30 segment. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Have him call in, but Maureen, the woo lady's his wife. Oh, you play Hurt this week. You play Hurt this week, (laughs) Matt. Come on, Joe. I know. You got to play Hurt, Stan, right? This is Michigan week. I mean, didn't he have that surgery on Monday? Yeah. I mean, I mean, what are we waiting on? It's Wednesday. What's yeah. the problem? <laughs> Let's go. What's the problem? <laughs> That's right. That's Dan Jackson. We also have Jeff Logan here. Who's uh, It's great to have you here, Jeff. You haven't Thank been you. out at a Bucks line yet this year. We appreciate it. Appreciate everybody also coming out on the day before Thanksgiving. But it's yeah. a, for good reason, it's the game coming up. Of course, Saturday sucked uh, with Ohio State losing to Michigan Big State. Time. However... You got to dust dust yourself off, pick yourself up, all those cliches that we like to use and get ready to play against Michigan. And um, guys, take me into the locker room here. You have a devastating loss, and you have this game, the one that you circle every year at the end of the year. Is it, uh, I don't know, does it make it more easy to get over that loss to Michigan State knowing that, hey, this is our rival coming up, or... Is it harder? You know, just, was that so devastating that it's going to be hard, Stan, for these guys to get back up for the biggest game every year? No, well, that's a great question. It really is. And uh, initially, I probably would say it might be difficult because not only are, are they out of the Big Ten Championship, they're probably out of the National Championship picture. So, so sometimes that deflates teams. I've been a part of teams where that last loss was to Michigan, you're expecting to go to the Rose Bowl, and then you end up at the Citrus Bowl, and that is not the same team that played all year long. Right. But in in this instance, I think it's a little different. I I think it's easier to get going right away because you know that team is looming, and they're playing much better, right? They're sitting at 9-2, and and if you want to avoid adding insult to injury, you better get ready to go. I mean, this team has played better and better every week. They're a little banged up on a defensive end, but now their offense has really gotten it going. Jake Rudolph's got over 1,000 yards in the last three weeks, 10 touchdowns. He's got this quartet of receivers that have been playing really well, Chesson and Darbo, and then you throw Jake Button there. So, oh, yeah. So, so if the Buckeyes are still licking their wounds, if they're feeling sorry about themselves, if they're soaking through practice this week and not mentally focused, Jeff, they will get embarrassed. And, and the worst thing to do, the worst thing you can do, at least in your senior year, is lose back-to-back games oh. and go out as basically a loser after being the most prolific senior group this school has ever seen. So, so I'm hopeful that they understand big picture and that they covet a pair of gold pants. What an opportunity this team has because, and Stan, you couldn't be more right. If this had last week's performance been the end of the season, 
Then I think sitting on that egg for six weeks before you play a bowl game would just rot at you. I mean, I think it would just be awful. I think what this team has to have learned is that they have a terrific opportunity to finish this season on an up note when and I think there's still an awful lot to be able to play for if they can take care of business in Ann Arbor on Saturday. You know, it's the hardest thing to do when, when you have a stinker like that is to just flush it. All right. I hate to yep. be graphic on this, but <laughs> you have to flush it. And the worst thing you can do is add another you-know-what to the pot. That's right. So under no circumstances should these seniors have it be part of their legacy that they lost those last two games. I think that's the key. And will we have the leadership to be able to make sure that that entire team knows the impact of what a negative result this Saturday could mean to those seniors that are going out. By the way, this group has a chance to do a hat trick plus one when it comes to gold pants, four yep. wins, which yep. is significant. I know these new generation Buckeyes don't understand that, but it is significant. Yes, it is. And not to mention that in the modern era, since this has been a Big Ten competition, this win will take the lead. Now, granted, we should have already had the lead, but the NC2A took a game from us in 2010. 2010. Yes, yeah. So technically but we had the lead, but, tied but right officially now. Yes. – this will be for the lead. So this is this is big. This means a lot to the program. That's right. Uh, let, well, let's get into it. Ohio State, Michigan, Saturday. What's it going to come down to? We're going to talk about that in one minute. And we are back at Bucks Line here, the Buffalo Wild Wings on Bethel Road. Matt McCoy with 610 WTVN, Stan Jackson, and Jeff Logan. Each week, in addition to phone calls, we're going to open up the phone lines here in a bit. 821-WTVN, 821-9886, 1-800-610-WTVN. Get your comments on Twitter. I'm at at Matt McCoy WTVN or email me during the week. Bucksline at WTVN.com. 635, in fact, I'm going to share a good email on the development or really lack thereof of the offense this year. Also, uh, Twitter comments on Zeke. 705, the coaching matchup. Do we have the makings of a new 10-year war coming up here with Jim Harbaugh and uh, Urban Meyer? And also, special treat after 7, Earl, who's here, was in. We uh, talked about the game in Earl got fired up, so we're going to share some of those comments with you coming up uh, after 7 o'clock. 7.35, we take your questions from here in the Buffalo Wild Wings on Bethel Road, the open mic segment, a service of CBTS, Technology Solutions for Business. The matchup this week, Ohio State-Michigan, and Jeff, let's get into it. Um, what are your keys to the game as in your mind going into this matchup against Michigan on Saturday? Well, you know, one of the things that I think is is fairly obvious in this game because it was such a disappointment in the Michigan State game was the line of scrimmage, all right? The ability to control the line of scrimmage. Urban mentioned right after the game in the press conference, his first statement was, we lost the line of scrimmage. And I don't care who you're playing, whether you're playing Minnesota, Indiana, University of Michigan, makes no difference. You have to control the line of scrimmage. I don't care how many guys they put in the box. you got to make things happen up front. And I don't think we did it offensively. There's been a lot of criticism of this offensive line. I also don't think we did it defensively, even though we held them to 14 points with the field goal at the end for the total of 17 and had a great chance to win the game. I thought the offensive line of Michigan State was dominating our defensive line at times in the game. So when I start looking at keys to the game, it's not how many touches does Braxton Miller get. It's not, is Zeke going to be able to do this or do that? I think it all starts with those big uglies up front. Are they going to be able to control that line of scrimmage? I think those are great points. I'm hopeful that 
you know, we'll make some adjustments. I mean, I've seen this staff really at two separate games, in my opinion, sort of lose it a little bit. Right, you go back to Virginia Tech a year ago where I think even Coach Myrad came out and said that, you know, they weren't prepared for the Chicago Bear front. And so they panicked a little bit, and they went to what they thought was the only thing that could be successful. And I, I felt like we did that a little bit on Saturday. I mean, I, we went so much Q run because I thought we felt like we needed that extra blocker that I, it hurt us, I thought, offensively. And we didn't attack Michigan State's weakness on defense, which was their secondary. So I agree with Jeff. But, but I also hope that we put a plan in place, and, and we're ready to move from it if things aren't going well because we've got to put the guys in their best position to win. So all year long, Michigan's been pretty stout defensively. But but here's their issue is they've lost three of their starting defensive linemen. So the last few games, they have been giving it up on the ground. Indiana went for 238 yards from Jordan Howard. I don't think he's better than our guy. By the way, their line may be better than ours. It is pretty good. But there's opportunity to run. And in the secondary is where their strength is. So, so this is really flipped from a week ago. So I agree with you on the offensive end. I'm hoping that we've got some runs that we like. Right, some things that we can go to that's just not the quarterback run is going to allow Zeke more opportunities because he's more of a second-half back. And then on the defensive end, the way you help your front if they're not getting it done is you load the box. That was one thing I was surprised about is that we knew was, on the last drive. It was clear drive, they weren't going to throw. They were not going to throw, but yet we, we hesitated to get our safeties down in there to get in the mix. And if you watch what Michigan State did, even when we blocked them all, oh, yeah. that they, safety came up. They boom. walked them and, up. And yep. so, so there are some things from a coaching standpoint that we can do to help our guys. But at the end of the day, I think you're dead on it. I don't care how fancy you get. If you can't win the battle in the trench, you're going to lose. And some of that is just about man-to-man, bucking up and beating your guy, and hopefully everybody else will do the same. Well, there's so much talk about the play calling, and I think you know we all agree, at least uh, after the game, that it was a little suspect. But I think both of you guys mentioned it. Ultimately, though, there is a player responsibility in that. You know, you've got to execute whatever is called, whatever the game plan is. Maybe it was stale. Maybe it was dry. Maybe it was vanilla. It wasn't what we wanted. But nonetheless, every play they draw up, Jeff, their thinking is going to work. And and the players have a responsibility there to to execute it. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. You know, this, this game was the first opportunity this team had against a ranked opponent and to be able to prove to all the naysayers out there that didn't think Ohio State deserved the ratings that they were in, um, all of the recognition and so on and so forth, the strength of the Big Ten. You know, we, we, the only way you can go and shut people up, it's just like shutting up the SEC. The only way you can do it is to beat them on the football field. You go play a ranked opponent. You got all your proponents out there telling you you're no good, you haven't played anybody, and then what do you do? You get in against a ranked opponent, and players didn't execute. Yep. All right? Drop balls, missed reads. You know, JT missed not only some throwing reads and some progression things that it was, we've seen after the fact, but also on some of his option runs. He really made some mistakes there. Now, I agree with Stan. I think the Q run, Q run, Q run was just a little bit crazy, especially into the boundary. And it seemed like in this football coaches run into this this mental block, and I, I hated it as a football player, as a running back. Okay, but they what they do, Matt, is that they're when they're running into the boundary, they're counting the number of defensive guys between where the ball is and the sideline. And we talk about running into the boundary; it's the short side of the field. Right. So coaches look down there and they see only four or five defenders. The other side, they're seeing seven or eight defenders over here. So what do you do? You run into the boundary. The problem with that is 
it's so condensed, it's, it's like running into a closet. And you can defense it with four or five players. Oh, you got the sideline as a yes, de- defense. Yes, and, and it just seems like coaches get this mental block that all of a sudden running to that short side of the field where there's less of their colored jerseys is a recipe for success, and I don't think that it is. You've got you to mix and match it a little bit. You can't fall in love with it is my point. Especially when you're trying to get the edge. <laughs> there is no edge out there. Right? It's hard. When, when it's, you're running the uh, the speed option and you're trying to get your running back to or you run the quarterback sweep because then what happens is they just sort of draw you out to that sideline. Now, it's different, I agree, if you're running off power to the boundary because then – Different story. Different story because now you also create a cutback lane and those defenders have to be aware of that. If they're not, then that's when that occurs. So, yeah, I agree with you. I thought – there were challenges, but at the end of the day, every player is drawn up to be successful. So players can complain all they want, but when I guarantee when they watch the film, the eye in the sky, Matt, it doesn't lie. Yep. And, and they're going to see some parts, even for Zeke, where, you know, they came up as players a little short. So it, this was a team effort. I mean, the coaches, at the end of the day, take the brunt of it, but everybody contributed to the loss. All right, we've got a couple people on hold. We're going to get to your calls coming up again about 10 minutes away from uh, some emails. And we are back on Bucks Line from the Buffalo Wild Wings on Bethel Road. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy your turkey tomorrow. And then uh, on Friday, tune us in. We're going to take over the Corby Show from Ann Arbor. Jeff Logan's going to be with me. Stan's going to check in by phone. He's in. Uh, Stan got screwed last week by Ohio State's loss. He was going to be with us for the Big Ten Network and be able to join us. But when Ohio State lost, they canceled the trip, and so he's in Chicago. Stinks. But he's going to join us Friday over the phone. Jeff Rapp will be in uh, Ann Arbor uh, both on Friday and then on Saturday as well. The two Jeffs and me, uh, best Buckeye coverage pregame, will be in at Michigan Stadium. And, Jeff, you said it's your first trip there since 1995, so let's hope it goes better than that one. Yeah, just kind of getting the odor out of my my uh, self. I mean, just being up there. Yes, and that was right. not a very memorable day, as you might let's recall. Let's hope a Michigan running back doesn't go for go three for, bills. Yeah, Tim Biakabatuka. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, I don't remember that day. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's called selective memory. That, that's right. Do, do we you know, delete certain things. You know, do we know for sure when Stan goes in for makeup, though? Because, you know, when he's up there at the Big Ten Network and he's calling in, We've run into issues there where he's That's had to right. spend an extra hey, lot listen, of time. Hey, look, it takes time in makeup to look right, you know. Well, look at him; he's got the tie on. He's he got was, it going he was there earlier yeah. today. Combing that hair and everything. I don't. I don't. I got to be careful with hair jokes, though. That's you know, right. this is, I usually don't make uh, criticism there, but uh, got to have the hair right. But, but is your make, right. makeup all good, though? I think we're all settled. Yeah, all right, I think cool. we've got some things figured out. All right, before <laughs> we hit the bottom hour break, uh, Mike's been waiting. Mike, you're up on six ten WTVN. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Good. Good. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there, too. And to you, too. Thanks, Mike. Okay. I had a comment about Ezekiel. If he wants to post something on Twitter, it should be an apology to, to Michigan State, to the coaches, to the fans, to the players, and to itself. To be that arrogant, to talk a bunch of crap after the game and say if he got the ball, he did not mess with that. He got dropped on the line of scrimmage like a bad habit, just like the other guys did. Okay, and that's the poorest sportsmanship I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, uh, well, it was bad. I don't know if it was the poorest sportsmanship I've ever heard in my life. I will say this, though. For he, did, Z, he did tweet the apology. I, uh, he did, he he did tweet an apology, on number one. And number two, he also, even after the rant, before the apology, 
He, because uh, I was following him on Twitter after the whole thing, waiting for an apology. One of the first things he tweeted was credit, hats off to Michigan State football. They played a hell of a game today. Right. And, he did. And deserved the win. So he did say that. Did he say it, like, verbally to the press? No, but he did. He did make that comment. Uh, you made a point before we came on the air. Context is very important. Maybe everybody should go back and listen to the whole interview. Maybe you won't be so over the top with the 10-second sound bites. I mean, granted, he screwed some things up. He screwed up. But, but the whole thing wasn't as terrible as you think. If you watch the whole seven minutes, uh, he went off the rails for about 90 seconds. And he did. He told, I mean, there's no excuse for it. I'm not you know, absolving the kid. You can't do what he did. But... There was a lot of really, really good stuff in there, too. Yeah. Good leadership as opposed to the below-the-line leadership. Uh, we've got more calls, and also I want to get to an email coming up about the Buckeye offense. That's next on Bucks Line on 610 WTVN. And welcome back to Bucks Line of the Buffalo Wild Wings on Bethel Road. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Enjoy your turkey tomorrow. Hope you're enjoying your chicken wings tonight here. Buckeyes and Michigan, the game coming up Saturday noon on Channel 6. Best Buckeye coverage pregame show will start at 8 in the morning, live from Michigan Stadium. We take you right up to kickoff. The in-game show takes you through the game, and then after the game, also from Michigan Stadium, Urban Meyer's comments live, analysis, and your phone calls. Uh, we're taking. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Your calls and comments here on Buck's Line right now. I'm Matt McCoy. We've got uh, Stan Jackson and Jeff Logan with us. And, of course, as we always do, we uh, also like to get your comments from social media and, uh, and uh, emails. And I got this email this week from Dan. You guys did a wonderful job breaking down the Michigan State debacle. If Ohio State had played well and lost, you could chalk it up to getting beat by a better team. But that was just a bad performance, both on offense, a shovel pass up the middle to Vanette, really, and on defense, letting MSU off the goal line on four, in the fourth quarter was awful. My question is, most Urban Meyer teams get better as the season progress, uh, progresses. This team, especially on offense, hasn't shown that improvement. Do you have any theories on why? And I want, first of all, do you agree with that analogy that this team has not gotten better? That's the, that's the first part of it. Do you agree that it hasn't gotten better? And if you do agree, do you have a, a theory on why, especially offensively, they haven't grown? Well, I'm glad you prefaced that. So, so I will agree that offensively. Um, well, he says especially on offense. Right, that, that we haven't gotten better week to week and improved every week. I mean, there have been a couple of bright spots, like halfway through JT came back. I thought he looked really good against Rutgers. Uh, but, but ultimately, I think he's right. You, you haven't seen the growth that the team saw last year. So I think it starts up front. 
the reason why we got so much better as the year went on is because our offensive line got way better as the year went on. And, and you just don't see that this year out of them. I got to think there's a few things. I don't ever think that it's ever a simple answer and it's just one thing or two things. I mean, so when you start kind of with your inconsistent with who your quarterback is, I think that kind of killed it from the jump. So, so every year we talk about this, right, about quarterbacks, and you wonder why I'm not a fan of the two-quarterback system and because I think ultimately you have none because neither guy is really confident. I, I, I don't know if you guys disagree, but – I don't think Cardell or JT have really looked the way they did a year ago. No, they have not. And so I think you could tell that their confidence has been shook. Here's another big component to it. There's a guy that's sitting 10-1 and one down in Texas right now who, you know, won another game with his backup quarterback who has done a pretty good job down there. When you lose great assistant coaches, it's going to affect what you do on the field. I don't care who you are or how great you are. That was a big deal. And, and then lastly, you know, I'm just every year is different. I know the expectation is one thing, but every year is different. We never really found that wide receiver to go over the top, even though I think we've got a couple guys that are capable. So, so yeah, I do agree that the offense is, hasn't gotten better, and, and quite frankly, it's probably regressing a little bit. But, but on a defensive end, I, I think we've been very good, even last week. With the exception of two possessions, you, you give up 17 points to Michigan State, you should win that game in your place. They turn the ball over twice. We hold them to under 300 yards. You only give up 14 points until the last field goal. You should win that game. My, my attitude on this offense, and Matt, I've been saying this all year, that this offense has never really created an identity. Nobody really knew who they were or what they were all about that just didn't seem like there was any of a chance to be able to get any momentum or where you could see improvement. It started at the very beginning with the quarterback situation and the not knowing exactly where you were going to go with that. Even though Urban came out and said, Cardale, you're our guy. All right? Took everybody by surprise. And I think it took some players by surprise as well. And then it didn't work. And then you go red zone guy. And then you switch quarterbacks again. That was part of it. That's, it's hard to grow when you don't have that consistency. Also, I think in the wide receiver side, think of the guys that we lost last year from a wide receiver standpoint. In addition to that, the injuries that we had Noah at Brown. the beginning of the yep, season impacted the receivers. And then you went and took a guy like Braxton Miller, who is a freak athlete. And now you're asking him to go play a brand new position. And I don't think Braxton Miller has ever gotten to the point, and it's not his fault, it takes time, where he's evolved into a world-class receiver out there. So it's been a mismatch all throughout the season. The only consistency that we've had has been Zeke Elliott rushing the ball for 100 yards, and Zeke's been great, all right? That offensive line has had moments where they've really looked pretty good. But I'm concerned that with the offensive coordinator being your line coach and the adjustments that need to be made, I just think there's too much on his plate to be able to really have that offensive line grow like they did last year through all the different looks that you're going to get because you got so many other things pulling at you if you're the offensive coordinator with that job. That's a great point. I mean, you're asking him to go beyond just scheme, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because before it was, look, I'm just going to fix us for whatever we have to do up front. Now i, I got to know what plays we're running. i got to help the run game. So it is a bit much for a coach that hasn't been in that role. And two other components I think I would add to it. I mean, one of the things that we don't often talk about because it's not a tangible quality is chemistry. 
And last year, the chemistry was impeccable. I mean, it was fantastic towards the end. They played for each other. And and so part of your challenge with having great success, and think about it, there's been very few teams to go back-to-back national champions. There's been very few number one teams at the beginning of the year to win it all because sometimes it's tough to navigate that success when you're young. So instead of being on the circuit, throwing out first pitches – Right and, and doing other things and really celebrating it. I thought we celebrated the national championship run a little too long. We had the suspension early on from the four guys, right? And I don't want to dwell on this and, and keep going back, but, but big picture, all that sort of matters. And so the chemistry the team had a year ago was gone. And then the last component that they didn't have that was really big last year, and I thought really in November, was the edge because nobody respected them. Yep. Well, now they were probably ranked higher than they should have been based on their strength of schedule and how they beat teams. And everybody still thought they were the best team in the country, and it didn't have that edge that it was us against the world, and it ultimately cost you. Now, mind you, to a good football team, to a coach that's 6-1 and one against top 10 teams. And also, by the way, a team that did have that edge. That had Michigan the edge. Michigan State oh, had yeah. the edge. Yeah. They came with the edge. They, they, they and were, it, and uh, it, the edge got bigger when Connor Cook couldn't play. Yep. All of a sudden, it was us against the world, Michigan State. Oh, yeah. Because you took our quarterback, and he's out. All right. Not that we did it, but it, all of a sudden, Mark D'Antonio was able to go sharpen that blade with those guys. And when they came out, they owned it from the very beginning. Yep. Yep. And you know what? If you played that game nine more times, Ohio State probably wins eight of them. By, but, but by you, two touchdowns. But, but you don't get to play it nine it, more it, times. It, it's it, over. It, yeah, there's right? a reason <laughs> they only do it once a year. The other thing that I would add about the, the stunted growth, and I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, but, Jeff, you actually made this point to me that what happened with J.T. Barrett, the mistake there during the bye week, could not have happened at a worse time. Right. Because he had just gotten the range, and you finally felt like they got this figured out. Because at Rutgers, it looked pretty good, didn't it? It did. That- and, and, and Penn State, too, I mean, even though Cardale started, it looked like it was coming. Then they took another step against Rutgers, and then that. Yep. And it's like... The, the, the air went out. Yeah. The air went out. I mean, no question they about it. They haven't recaptured it. And they really haven't. So that's, you know, and you would think, folks, that we're talking about this and that we're like uh, New Mexico State. You know, <laughs> with all the problems that we just talked about. Yeah, what loss? <laughs> we're 48 and 3, 48 and 4. Right. They've exactly. only lost one game. They're ranked number eight in the country. Yep. Our expectations, again, have been all around those last three games of 2014 and we saw perfection in a bottle i mean it just wham everything came out and it was beautiful and i guess from all of us you see that once you expect to see it all the time i'm gonna add just a slight component to it because because i'm not sure it was perfect because right? nothing really is, but it was so beautiful. It's like that, <laughs> that beautiful good. woman, right, as you're dating. I mean, everything she does is perfect because she's gorgeous. Right. But the reality, there, there's chinks in her armor there. I mean, when you go back to those games, I mean, we were turning the ball over. We were down early. But defense played good. We made timely plays. And so we skipped over some of those little things. This year, those little things cost us. And, and I'll say this. Jim, you've lived through it. You've played here for a long time. Every year is different. So it doesn't matter. I mean, your leadership is different. Your stars are different. You've got to take advantage of these opportunities when you get it. And, and I think maybe the staff may look back at this and say, boy, we really missed the golden opportunity because next year a lot of these guys oh, are packing boy. their bags. Remember, right. remember what Urban said at the kickoff of the season. You are going to want to be a part of this team. Yep. And if you're not on board with us, if you want to sit on that side of the room, you're more than welcome to. But I'm telling you guys right now because he knew 
he had a special football team here. Now, are they going to be underachievers? Time will tell. It's not over and done with yet. Well, let's bow their neck for Saturday because that uh, could be the start of still something good for this football team. All right, uh, we've got a couple people that have been hold for a long time. We've got to take a break. We'll be back and get your calls before the top of the hour. Bucks line back after this on News Radio 610 WTVN. And back on Bucks line from the Buffalo Wild Wings on Bethel Road, Matt McCoy and former Buckeyes Stan Jackson and Jeff Logan. Great crowd here for the Buckeye-Michigan game coming up on Saturday. We appreciate you guys coming and uh, have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. Before we hit the top of the hour break, uh, Buckeye John's been on hold for like a half hour. Uh, you're up next. How you doing, Buckeye John? Fine. How you guys doing tonight? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, I got. Uh, I want to Stan and uh, Jeff to answer this. Uh, I met J.T. Barrett last Friday night at the uh, Blackwell Hotel, and what a nice young man and solid, great-looking athlete. And he had the attitude you could just tell he was ready for the big game. And uh, my question is, uh, I put him in the category of a Rex Kern, a Corny Green, uh, Arch Leister running the option and and off it. Why can't we let him run it, call it, and let the players play? And this is what we recruited him for. Why won't the coaches ever do that? What's up? What do you think? Sounds like a quarterback question to me. I, I guess I'm, I really don't understand the question. I mean, I thought we ran him too well, much last week. I, no. You, what do you no. want him to do again? Explain that one more time. I mean, I want him to call the plays and run the offense. Let the oh, th- let the quarterback the call the plays instead the of a coordinator do. call the plays. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, listen, you, you can't do that in college. I mean, there are some pro quarterbacks that have done that. Jim Kelly comes to mind. When I played in Canada, I called my own plays in Toronto. But you got to be full-time to do that. And these coordinators make way too much money. There's way too much on the line for them to give it to a quarterback. Matter of fact, it's going opposite. When I played, when Jeff played, the quarterbacks did control after the play came from the sideline. You made all your checks. Well, what do we see today? We see everybody look to the side to get the next call from the coordinator. Actually, They take, do that dummy snap they, and, and wait and see how the defense reacts. And then, and then the then, gopher hole thing where everybody's right. coming up out and they're looking to the sidelines for what the next change is going to be. So there's more control from coaches now than there ever was. Yeah, you know, sometimes that – I understand why they do that. Sometimes it bothers me because I feel like Ohio State plays better at tempo right. when they, they're doing all that checking back and forth and the play clock's going down to like five. I, I almost well, – I, I don't know. I'd rather see them play tempo like more. I don't like it because in, in the other method, it forces you to prepare even more. And I think JT prepares enough to be able to call his own plays. Like, look, this is what we expect out of you. If you can't get it done, I'm going to the next guy. All right. Uh, it would not be a Michigan week without hearing from Earl Bruce. You're going to when we uh, come back after the top hour news. We are back after this on Bucks Line on News Radio 610 WTVN. And welcome to hour number two of Bucks Line as we get ready for the game. First, a happy Thanksgiving to everyone. OSU of Michigan, noon Saturday, Channel 6. Now, Friday from 3 to 7 in Michigan, uh, we're going to host the Corby Show. It'll be uh, all Buckeye talk, almost another extended Bucks line just from Ann Arbor. Jeff Logan's going to be with me. Jeff Rapp's going to be with me in our sister station studios up there. Stan's going to check in by phone. He's got BTN duty. Then game day from Michigan Stadium. Best Buckeye coverage early show starts at 8. Uh, we're going to take you to the pregame at 10. And then the kickoff is at noon on Channel 6. And don't forget, after the game, Urban Meyer Live analysis and much more. Now, it is not Michigan week without Earl Bruce. We have the Beat Michigan tailgate for heaven's sakes uh, during home games. Earl is here, by the way. A lot of people have seen him 
He's getting better and better. He had the uh, mild stroke in July, and he's gotten better and better. And I hope you've heard the last several weeks we've had a segment of the pregame show with him. He came in to record that earlier today and uh, talked a little bit about Michigan. So I wanted to – I mean, it's Michigan week. we got to hear from Earl, don't we, uh, on Bucks line? Absolutely. He started with talking about last week and bouncing back from the Michigan State loss. This is when you got to put on more steam – you got to get right ready for the big games. Well, we didn't do that. So we got the one big game of the season coming up, <laughs> and it's it's a powerful game. You got to play your best game ever. You got to play strong and mighty and dominate. This is the game. It is the only game. It's the one that counts the most, and you got to live by it. Before I let you go, the seniors were talking about they've won three pair of gold pants and how special it would be to leave Ohio State having never lost to Michigan. Just in your mind, how significant is that for this senior class that's, having never lost? That's a that's elite. That's, that's, that's tremendous. But I want to tell you, it goes with your effort. It goes with your hitting. It goes with your smacking them. You've got to take it to them. We've got to play the great game in Michigan. This is the time to really put it to them. This is a great game. So, Beat Michigan. Do you hear me? We hear you, Coach. We hear you. It's uh, that time of year to beat Michigan. Nothing gets your juices flowing like that. I, I'm wondering, though, you guys, too, um, I mean, as former players, and Jeff, you were talking about not having been there since 1995. Do your juices get flowing this week? Do your juices get flowing when you see still the winged helmets or whatever on the field? Oh, there's no doubt about it. And just listening to Coach Bruce, I got goosebumps over here. I mean, there's just there's enough of that Woody in him still, right? That it gets me going. And and great players want to go to great places like Ohio State to play in monumental games. And this one is the greatest rivalry in all of college team sports. I don't think there's any question about it. And Stan, coming from New Jersey, you knew about Ohio State, Michigan, but when you got here, was it? Bigger than life? Absolutely. It I mean, you, you can't <laughs> well, me, until you live it, right? Let me, let me preface this. Though. I mean, granted, we didn't have a whole lot of success. <laughs> so so the pressure would mount, you know, Sunday when it, we were done with Indiana. And, look, I, I dream about the opportunity to uh, to be 3-0 and against Michigan. I still dream about that. So, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I, I get fired up every week for the Buckeyes. But, but this week is special, and I, I hope that they get it. You know, because sometimes – you, you got to be away from it before you truly understand it. I, I mean, I think we really got it because they used to get us so much. I mean, I, 93 were undefeated. 95 were undefeated. 96 Come on. were We've undefeated. We've been through counseling on this. I need more. We should be better. Are you week. telling me that I shouldn't, well, shouldn't reach in my pocket and, do it. And, and pull out these gold pants? How many do you have? Are you tell? We got two. Oh, well, I've got one. I mean, it's <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. <laughs> Guys like Todd Beckett have used five. To, it used to irritate you when yeah. Bill, Bill Conley was on staff. Yeah, because he and, would wear them from playing and coaching. He had 14 on his neck. <laughs> I got one pair of them. You got to lock away in a lockbox. So because of it, you well, know, I, I've got three boys, and I got them in boot camp every day because somebody's got to get a couple more, gold, a couple more pair of gold pants from me, Matt. There Dude. they are. Right there. Well, let me ask you, too. And, and Stan, I don't mean to make you go through counseling. And I, <laughs> I, I got to be that honest with you. I feel bad every year this week. I do, because you're on our I, – I, that sounds stupid, but because I have to bring up old wounds. But I bring it up again because you say that there's not a day that goes by. You've talk, told about it before that you don't think about 97, and you don't, you don't think about 95 and right. 96. It sticks with you, these games oh, no forever. These guys that play Saturday, win or lose, are never going to forget their last Michigan game. Well, especially losing. Losing is worse. It's a lot worse. And so you wonder how they can get going again. I mean, it's because their coach understands it. Yeah, look, I love John Cooper. He gave me a, an opportunity. But I'm not sure he really understood it until it was too late. Right? But, but Coach Meyer, he gets it. And uh, he's going to have him ready to go. You will never get away from a loss in this one, especially when you're a senior and you have no more shot. You know, when you're a freshman and you lose the game, you think, okay, there's life. Year. There's still life. It, it, yes. Sophomore season comes by, they get you again. All right, well, we're going to get them. Then you get them your third year, and it's like, okay, that, we like that feeling. Let's do that again. And then your fourth year, and then your fifth year. So, so it does. It, it, it hurts still today. And, you know, look, I talk about this with my kids, and my, young, my middle boy, Ronald, says, you know, Dad, the quarterbacks that play at Ohio State today, they beat Michigan. <laughs> How do you deal with that? He was lucky that I love him. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but he knew that would get to me because we talk about those games. We talk about those moments. My two interceptions in 97. It, you you got to play your best. And if you want to be etched in stone as a legend here, you got to play well in these games. You have to. I remember my very first Michigan na- uh, game, 1974. All right. And I'm, I'm a backup. Um, Archie Griffin's going to, is in the middle of winning. Two Heisman trophies, so I don't think Logan's going to get in until there's like a couple of digits left on the clock. Five minutes before the game, we're ready to run out onto the field, and Woody Hayes grabs me, and he says, Logan, you're returning punts today. <laughs> Five minutes before the game, coming out of the locker room, because Neil Colsey's got the flu. And Neil says, Coach, I can't do it. So here we go. Here's the first punt of the game. Michigan's punting out of the closed end. We got him backed up. I'm right there about the 45-yard line on the Ohio State side hash mark. I'm here, and I can see Woody in my peripheral right there. All right? This punt goes up. It's a windy day, and this thing is fluttering down there. I come up underneath it, and it was looked like a three-point shot swoosh. It went right through, right down on the turf. All right? Very first opportunity. Thank God it didn't go anywhere other than right there because I was able to recover it. We got the ball in good field position, went down and scored. As I was exiting the field, though, I still had Woody in my peripheral here. All right? I made a beeline for the other end of the, of the sideline. Because, I, 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 honest to goodness, if I would have not recovered that football, I think I would have finished my career at Ohio Wesleyan. It wouldn't have been at the Ohio State University. And I remember that. 
as a Michigan game moment. I made mistakes like that in all kinds of games, but I only remember th- those kinds of big game moments matter, the ones that you can't flush out of your mind, good or bad. You remember those moments. Yeah. Yeah, you do, Matt. You do. <laughs> well, <laughs> you played in the era, uh, Jeff, of the 10-year war with Woody and Bo. There's a lot of talk about the new rivalry here with Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh. Do you think – I don't know if anything can compare to Woody and Bo, but this is pretty special. Isn't yeah. it? The possibilities here – I mean, who knows how long these guys are going to coach at their schools, but these are two bigger-than-life, excellent football coaches – who both get the rivalry. That, that's the big thing. Well, in, in at least in the Midwest, all right, these are two huge names. Nationally, these are still two huge names. And if you start thinking about, you know, Jim Harbaugh doesn't have much of a, of a track record as far as, as far as a college football head coach, but he has taken this Michigan team, which probably wasn't going to be very good this year, and he's created a 9-2, and two, and they probably should be 10-1 and one yep, yep. coming into this football game. The guys that were before him, Brady Hoke had a record of 31-20 and 20 while he was there. Before him, Rich Rodriguez was 15-22. and 22. So he took over a program that was broken. And already, he's been able to create a 9-2. and two. So I think we're going to get that neat rivalry of these two big personalities that are out there. I don't know that we're going to be ever able to call it a 10-year war, though, because I don't think Urban Meyer will remain as the head football coach here for 10 more years. Yeah. I don't think that's physically possible for somebody to remain at, in this position, to do it at the level that he wants to do it, and do it for 10 more years. Yeah, because we're crazy here. He's sitting at ten and one, and we got a problem with it. Exactly. He lost to a really good. Exactly. He's forty eight and four, and he's got his running back calling him out. After that, so, our coaches suck. So yeah. it's, it's tough to coach here. I'll say this: a, a couple of things. Number one, think about this though. Jim Harbaugh still is one win shy of Brady Hoke's first year at Michigan. Right, he won ten games that year with Rich Rodriguez's his guy. So there's still something there for him to accomplish. But a lot of similarities between these two guys. Number one, they're both obsessed with winning. Right now, I think Urban is a little older, so he's pulled back a little bit, has three national championships under his belt. But I don't know if you guys have watched any Michigan games. If you see Harbaugh oh, on the sidelines, he insane. tore his he ripped the zipper off his jacket. He about was going to kill the officials. For an week. average call. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so, so you could tell he's all in, right? And so, but with that, sometimes with that bright star, it burns out pretty fast, and he's never stayed at a place long. So I agree with Jeff. I don't think you're going to get 10 years out of it. But you're probably going to get a fantastic five years. Yeah, and I think it's great for the rivalry. I think it's it, – we need this. This is really good. We hated it, guys. And just take your headset off for a second. But uh, we hated it during a period of time, during the John Cooper era. It wasn't very fun to head into this game. I don't care who we were, how many we were favored, or whatever the case was. We all kind of felt the outcome wasn't going to quite be there. And then we, we flipped the switch. Right? right? Press comes in and he says, you're going to be proud of our guys in 322 days or whatever it was from now. And God darn, if we didn't go up there and do that, and then that created this run and Urban has picked it up and run with it, I know how they feel. Yeah. All right? 
because we felt that. Just for the record, we did average 10 wins a year. But, but, <laughs> just for, but, we did a few good things, but, but, this you week, but this week we couldn't get right. I know. And, we, we could not get right. That and, was a problem. And unfortunately, you think of the, the terrific job that John Cooper did here, recruiting really good football players, you know, winning Big Ten championships, doing all the things that you need to do. But you are measured. You are measured. No question. By how you did in that game at the end of the season. Especially because it keeps you from going bigger, from winning national championships. Yeah, because if and, you don't. I mean, think of your, your years. I mean, oh. 93, you were in a great I, I position. I have a lot of hardware. 95. Of hardware. And you mentioned, too, 95, you lose that game, and then you end up at the Citrus Bowl. Back-to-back year, so that didn't work out. 96, that defense was unbelievable. We put 70 on Pitt. That score was at 13-9 or something like that. Even 97. 97, a lot of guys that left the NFL. We got one loss. We lost to the number one ranked Penn State early. A close game on the road. If we beat Michigan, we're going to the Rose Bowl. We're probably going to split the national championship. So every opportunity there, it came down to this last game. And, and I, I think every team is a reflection of their coach, though. Right? And so once we got to, like I said, Sunday after Indiana, I mean, everything changed for us. Everybody got tightened, and we showed up on the field and weren't ready to go. Well, both of these coaches get it. Harbaugh is undefeated in his rivalry. As a starter, right. he's he hasn't 2-0. Lost. He hasn't lost. There hasn't been a coach, I think, first-year coach at Michigan to lose to both Michigan State and Ohio State in the same year, their first year. Well, you know, so there's a lot on the line here. It's a big game. All right, uh, let's get uh, Corey in before the break. He's been waiting a while. Corey, you're up on 610 WTVN. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Good, good. Man, it's been a mess-up week. My team sucks right now, my Niners. I don't want to get started on the basketball thing, which you know is my calling card. I know, I know. Yeah, let's we'll save it for January with Tony White for that. <laughs> uh, no, he hates that too, but let's okay. – um, Here's a question for you guys. Jack, you, Mr. John, you can um, interview with this one. He has a habit. When it comes to running plays, when it comes to crunch time at times, he wants to run the quarterback instead of the running back. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's more an uh, environment type thing, outside environment, or is it more something else? Because he's done this before. Um, he's done it with, against Michigan State in the uh, Big Ten Championship a couple of years ago, which he overruled uh, Tom Herman to run the, the running That's back right. to the quarterback. Yep. So, that fourth and two, uh, Tom yeah. Herman called for Carlos Hyde and one of Urban's overrules, and he admitted it after the game. Yeah, yeah, he has a habit of this. And, and, in this, and when it came to Michigan State – I don't get how you cannot adjust to a team which you kind of knew what they were going to do. And I understand that we did the same thing to them last year, which we ran JT Parrott a lot. They knew it was coming, and they still couldn't stop it. In this game, in past game, we knew what they were going to do. They're going to do short, easy, short passes, and they're going to basically run sweeps and run up the middle. We, how can we not adjust to it unless it was just right? It, it was just to a point where. We've gotten away with this for so long with these top teams. I, mean, I understand the Big, team, the big Ten is not exactly talent-wise that good, and it isn't. But how, yeah. how is that possible? And then I'm, I'm going to ask a recruiting question, and I know how you guys feel about that sometimes. But <laughs> what do you guys feel about when it comes to our wide receivers? Because ours is little. And I, when he even came and he had to adjust when it comes to running back to the linebackers. Now he has to deal with it with the tight ends. Now he has to deal with it with the wide receivers now. I'm going to be honest with you. What's going on with that? We're supposed to be Ohio State. How is that supposed to be the case right now? I'll have to listen. And All right. Thank, thanks for the call. Um, well, let's start with a QB run. Yeah. I, Does you know, he fall in love with a QB run? You know, I think it, it, it's easy to fall in love with that because it, it is a simple play to be able to call with the least amount of 
of possible errors because you're not pitching it, you're not handing it off, you're not doing this. But also when you have such a terrific back in the backfield like an Ezekiel Elliott and you're trying to, and, and everybody has got to be thinking they're going to give it to Zeke, all right? That's the preconceived notion that you're going to go with your best weapon and that's your running back. Coaches kind of get caught up in, I'll fool him here, we'll run Zeke, everybody will think he's getting the ball, and we're going to be able to pick it up with our quarterback. Remember last year, though, all right, a huge amount of success with JT carrying the football in opportune moments, and what a nose he had for being able to get first downs when it was critical, Stan. Well, I think it's a byproduct of the system, right? So we run the power spread. What the spread does, it takes an athletic quarterback and gives you an extra runner with a blocker. And he's always he did it with Josh Harris at Bowling Green. Tim Tebow. He did it with Tim Tebow. The only guy he really didn't do it with is Alex Smith when you think about it. So he didn't do it as much with uh, the other kid that was that for Chris Leak. But he's always had a guy in there where he can do that. And, and you mentioned we've had a lot of success doing it. So I think it is a bread-and-butter play to go to the Q run for a number of reasons. The extra blocker. There's a dynamic runner there, and, and they feel comfortable with that guy with the ball in his hands. And quite frankly, like you mentioned earlier, he's won 48 games and only lost four here doing a lot of that. So it's tough when you've had a lot of success doing something to get away from it because everybody goes back to their comfort zone. Now, I agree with the adjustment aspect. I think sometimes you've got to make an adjustment and go away from what you're comfortable doing because the defense understands you're comfortable doing that, and they take it away. And the guy that's done it better than anybody is D'Antonio twice. Yep. So the next time we play them, we might want to have a different plan. But, but the play, for the most part, has been very effective. It, it's a staple of our offense. I think Coach always leans on the quarterback run when, when he is uncomfortable, and that's why we've used it so much. And for the most part, it's been very successful here. All right, back to your calls after this on Bucks Line on 610 WTBN. And back on Bucks line here, Matt McCoy along with Jeff Logan and Stan Jackson. A lot of people coming up and admiring uh, the gold pants that Jeff has here. We appreciate everybody coming out. Buckeyes and Michigan coming up at noon Saturday on Channel 6. Again, we're live in Ann Arbor both Friday afternoon and Saturday morning, so be sure to tune us in. Let's go back to the phones uh, before we hit the bottom of the hour in the open mic segment. Steve, you're up on 610 WTVN. Hey, guys, quick question. And yes. Just opinion, if nothing else. Uh, kind of going along with what you guys were just talking about. If you've decided at halftime even, I mean, I'll even give you a halftime. If you've decided at halftime things aren't working and you're going to run the ball or try to do something with a quarterback, wouldn't you be better suited if you know you're not thrown anyway to put Braxton back there? <laughs> you're talking about your two best athletes on the team, if it's Braxton and it's Ezekiel. Yep. I mean, you know, you got somebody that can run the read option. you got the best two athletes on the planet, probably, in one backfield. Steve, uh, Steve, I, Steve, I chuckled because I asked these guys off of the air because I had the same thought, and you guys both were uh, a little cautious about my theory and explained to Steve what you explained to me. Well, I think the, the biggest concern would be you become so one-sided in that regard because Braxton Miller is not physically capable of being able to throw the football. So, so you're giving if, away now, to the defense if, you're not throwing. If we've, if we've assumed that because of weather or some condition, you cannot throw the football, all right, which is kind of odd, but let's if we give it that case, then I think there might be some reason that you would think 
those may be our two best athletes to put him on the field. My biggest concern, even though he's got a great history and a and great years of playing there, is he hasn't had the repetitions, obviously, at the quarterback spot. Well, sure. and, and JT has been dominant running the ball for Pretty us. Pretty effective. I mean, been yeah. really yeah, effective. But he's, but he's not Braxton. <laughs> well, I mean, he's JT's not Braxton, awesome, but but, not Braxton. but but Braxton's not JT either. I mean, all the oh. great attributes that Braxton has, JT brings different things. Like when it comes to the zone read, out of all three of the guys that played it for us right now, JT reads it the best, and he puts us most of the time in the right position. But but I get your thought process. If I'm going to do that though, it, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott there. Right. So, so run right. wildcat with run Zeke. Run wildcat with Zeke because as great as Braxton is running the ball, and I know we all remember that, but he a lot of times it wasn't Q run, it was drop back pass. That he because sure. so that perspective is different when everybody is dropping back looking to defend you, and then you get open space. And the other thing is Braxton just hadn't been under center long. But I mean, a great thought because he's dominant. And uh, who knows what would have happened, but, you know, we didn't go anywhere. Let's sneak uh, Aaron in before the bottom of the hour. Aaron, you're up on 610 WTVN. Just give it to Zeke. I'm with you. I'm telling you, I don't don't understand. Hey, listen, the question I called about was how come they never take the snap under center ever? Isn't uh, isn't there a little bit of an advantage if you're going to run the ball? Well, it, it it's a great thought, but it's just it's not this offense, Dan. Uh, it's just it's not what they do. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, you, you can't run what they do. You can't run the zone read from under center. You, you just can't do it. We had When I was in Canada, we called it a Sally Pull. So you're under center. You act like you're running off tackle with the back, and you just make a guess on the end. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. I mean, in this system, they read it. Look, I, I think we've all thought about that through the years. But it's just not what we do. I wouldn't hold my breath if I were you. As long as Coach Myers there, they're going to run the power spread, and that guy's in shotgun. Yep. Yeah. Who knows what, who, how football will evolve from here. Maybe we'll get to the point where the quarterback goes back under center, but it's like black and white right now. I mean, you're either running a true eye formation with the quarterback under center, or you're running – the spread there is no you can't do both of them so yep. uh, you rarely will see a team uh, mix and match that all right uh we got the open mic segment coming up after this on bucks line thanks for joining us back after this on news radio 610 wtvn and welcome back to bucks line where we are now going to turn the show over to the folks here at the buffalo wild wings on bethel road our open mic segment a service of cbts technology solutions for business stan jackson here jeff logan here uh, before we go out to the crowd, and Renee's out there, everybody that follows the show and has followed it for the past 20 years, I mean, to back when George was hosting with Dave Purdy and Greg Fry, and uh, the first question has always been Joe from Hilliard. Well, Joe from Hilliard had knee surgery, so he's not here. However, to keep with the tradition, he is on hold. So we typically go to the crowd. I'm channeling Joe being in front of us with a microphone, even though he's on the phone. <laughs> Joe, what is on your mind tonight? First of all, how's the knees? 
Yeah, well, Matson, he is it's sore, but uh, the the kind of pain I have tonight, I know is going to go away. Uh, the kind of pain I had last week, I knew was just going to get worse. <laughs> That's right. He wrote me and said that he lowered his flag to half his Buckeye flag to half staff after yeah. the uh, yeah after the Michigan State debacle. All right, what is on your mind? And uh, first of all, get well. Second of all, happy Thanksgiving. Third of all, what's on your mind? Well, yeah, fourth of all, I heard all the snide remarks about playing, uh, playing hurt. And everything <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's because we love you. That's right. <laughs> but uh, I heard you guys talking about uh, Harbaugh and how he gets the, uh, he gets the picture with the, uh, the rivalry and everything, and same thing with uh, Coach Meyer. Um, but I want to know what it is about uh, Coach Harbaugh that you think it is that makes him such a good college football coach. What has he done this year to be able to turn that – program around like he has and uh since we didn't uh wasn't able to move the ball against michigan state last week what makes you think we're going to be able to move it against michigan this week <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's statistically a better defense it's a great question it is uh, but anyway um first of all jim harbaugh guys what do you think that he has brought well he, number one he understands michigan football right so i think he kind of turned the dial back a little bit, and they started doing things similar to what Jim Trestle did mm-hmm. here. I'll say this for Brady Hoke. I mean, even though he on the field it didn't show up, he recruited really he well. Did. He absolutely So in the did. four years he was there, he had top ten recruiting classes, guys like Peppers. And so Harbaugh is taking the talent that he had. He put a headset on, started communicating with his coaches, and he started getting the most out of them. And well, here's I the think, bonus. I think you and I and Jeff, we had talked about why are their players not developing right. I mean, over the last few years. He's starting to develop, guys. He is developing. And then here is the bonus, though. The bonus was he got a quarterback that threw for 4,000 yards in his league. That was pretty competent. And Jake Rudock, now that he's comfortable in the system, looks really good. I mean, he's thrown for over 256 yards the last three games. Prior to that was 400 yards and six touchdowns. And so their team is getting better, as you would want the team to ascend through November. And, and I think he's just done a great job of getting the best out of all his players. And, and you're seeing that talent flourish. He's got some good receivers in the tight end over there. Now, they still can't run the ball effectively. But on the offensive end, they've gotten a lot better. Now, the question for us, why? Every week is different. right? I don't think anybody expected that Ohio State to show up. So I think we'll be better. We'll show up better this week. And Michigan is going the opposite direction defensively. Because they've got three of their starting defensive linemen who are out. So that creates an opportunity for us to run the football. Yeah. First half of the year, nobody scored against Michigan. I mean, it literally, it was very difficult three to put straight the ball shutouts. in the end zone. After Utah, right? It, yeah, after the Utah game. And then they got hurt. And things started to change a little bit. If you don't have faith that Ohio State can run the ball, go back and look at the Indiana game and understand what Indiana was able to do running the football against this Michigan football team. And as far as, as uh, coach is concerned, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh brings two things. Number one is enthusiasm and energy, which is something that you can change players' way of playing in the college game. You bring that rah-rah stuff into the professional ranks, they'll run you out of town. It works in college. Harbaugh is, is, is what they needed. And I agree with Stan. They had to go buy a quarterback, and they found one. Rudick was the guy. And I don't mean they paid him. But they had to go to the store and yep. get a quarterback because without him, this is no more than a 500 football team because they don't have anybody in the quarterback position that could deliver the way Rudock has this year. The other thing, what I would say about Harbaugh, it kind of reminds me of what Coach Meyer did when he came here. The talent was here, and if you remember the six and seven year with Coach Fickle, two things. One, there was just a massive amount of 
disarray that season. Guys getting suspended on Tuesday of game week. I mean, it was it was a mess that he inherited. That's number one. Number two, they were in almost every game. They were. They they just lost close games, and Coach Meyer, I think, galvanized them. And when you believe, you start winning, and uh, I think that's what's happened in Michigan. They believe in their guy, and they started winning, and they have some momentum. Their defense was top five every year that uh, Coach Hoke was there. I mean, so they had a good defense, but they had a quarterback that was just throwing the ball away. So if you take away those turnovers – Get them to believe you'll see a difference. Oh, by the way, Joe, you probably ought to be watching BTN more because I predicted at the beginning of the year if they would win nine games this year. You're the man. Everybody thought I was crazy. Well, you are. It's going to stop at nine. But you were right about that. And you are crazy, but you were right about that. And it is going to stop at nine, Jeff. Take that one to the bank. Let's hope so. Now we go to the crowd. Joe, thanks for the call. Uh, Who you got, Renee? We have Jim from Columbus. Jim, thanks for uh, coming out. Hey, guys, how are you tonight? Jim was with me last week and being nervous about the Mark D'Antonio factor in this game, if you recall. And uh, How are you feeling now? I, so you, I, so I you jinxed thought us? thought it would happen. You jinxed I, us? I was, I was with him. I agreed. I, I didn't like uh, everybody saying they didn't have a chance because I knew he would play that up. But anyway. I don't think that guy loses two years in a row. Yeah. He's a great okay. coach. My, my question here is, uh, you know, what we seem to see last Saturday – Looked like the same offensive game plan that we saw two years ago in the Big Ten championship game. Just a different quarterback. Hmm. We saw Braxton Miller trying to bust something for, you know, on a quarterback run or whatever. Some of them were pass plays that didn't get, you know, nobody open or whatever. But it seemed like the same offensive game plan. And it didn't work two years ago in a Big Ten championship game. And obviously, it didn't work this, this, this game either. But on top of that, that's one of my questions, but part two is in the last series when we got the ball, we had the ball down inside our 10-yard line, and we had to move it or we were going to be pretty much hoping our defense could stop them when they got the ball. Our first play was not really a bomb, but it was a long pass and incomplete. And should have been probably been picked, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Our second play was a Braxton, or not a Braxton, but JT, JT run. We run. And then our third play was a Braxton run. No, no off the gut north south runs at all, and no Zeke. What are your thoughts on both of those uh, ideas? All right, uh, game plan was it? Did, did it remind you of the Big Ten title game? Uh, the way that they were attacking them. Well, I think that uh, one of the things you got to look at is that, that Ohio State only had 45 offensive plays in that entire game. And one of the things where Ohio State has had success this year, they haven't been really good at the beginning of any game. You know, we haven't scored on the opening drive of any Big Ten game this year on the opening drive, which is almost unheard of. Matt. And six games of the Big Ten season. They've only played seven. They've been three and out yeah. on the first series. So. I think in, in a lot of games, we have been able to get to the point, though, where we have been able to physically wear teams down and win the third quarter, win the fourth quarter. With only 45 offensive plays, that Michigan State defense was fresh as fresh could be. And we, we didn't have the ability to be able to maybe gut them and run that ball right up the middle and go north and south. And I think, quite frankly, they were gra- grasping for straws at that stage. I don't think we had any idea offensively what we wanted to do. As I said at the beginning, we didn't have an identity. 
in terms of our offense. We didn't know who we were, and the players on the field didn't have the confidence, obviously, based upon the comments at the end of the game. Well, I get your thought process, but, but I, I think it's a little different. I, I thought going into that Big Ten championship game two years ago, we knew that Michigan State by far had the best defense in the country, and we had to do some things different. And we did show some success. Remember, we were up 10 at one point in that game, and, and it was our did, defense. And if you look back at it, they rushed for over 200 yards right. in that game. It was our defense that was a problem, right? And then, But they came up with big plays. Last week reminded me of Virginia Tech. I mean, it was like we went out there, we thought we could do some things, it didn't work out, they loaded the box, and then we threw all caution to the wind and did, you know, we kind of went back into the box and did things that we're comfortable with as opposed to making the proper adjustments. And so that was my problem last week. But, you know, look, I'll say this, I mean, 48 games is what he's won here. He's only lost four, and and through that run, most coaches probably had bad games. And and I, I would say, and I think Coach Meyer would agree, that the staff probably had a bad game last week. Now, the timing was terrible. If you're going to lose, you want to lose early, not you lose late. So, so I think they'll get better. I think we will get better. There is no question. I think Zeke said enough about he should run. I think we all agree. Coach Meyer agreed. And I think you'll see a fix this week to make sure that Zeke is gone. I think all year we've been talking about more Zeke. And, uh, and they, they, they really got away from him last week. I thought Jeff made a great point that only 45 players doesn't allow as many touches for everybody. But if you're only going to have 45, you, you need to make sure 20 of them go to Zeke next time. <laughs> That's right. Now, Matt, one of the things I was thinking about, and, uh, and I hate to spring this on you, but you are the guy that is the cornucopia of all of the oh, valuable information. <laughs> but Urban Meyer's record at Ohio State against ranked opponents. Oh, gosh, I don't have it on, off the top of my head. I, I was thinking about that this week because well, he was, he was, was 5-0 last year. That was the knock on him going into the Michigan State game last, last year, year. And right. then he I ran the table. 5-0 last year. Yeah. 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 Michigan so, State, so Minnesota. Are we 500 or just a little better oh, we're, than 500? We're better than 500. Significantly yeah. better than yes, 500? Yeah, I think so. All right, because I was just curious as to well, how that One thing goes. that I do remember and I thought of this week is I believe, I, and I don't have this in front of me, but I believe he has not lost as an underdog. And Michigan's an underdog right now. Michigan's favorite. Right now, it is a pick'em game. Oh, it's pick'em it now. It is moving like crazy. It yeah, started, it started out Ohio State favorite two and a by half. two. Yeah. Then it went to Michigan, and now it's a pick'em. It's, it's now. I just looked so. at it. It's a pick'em game. And uh, by the way, on the other side, Sparty's an eleven-point favorite with Penn State. All right, we got another question. We'll get to it in a second. Back after this on Bucks Line on six ten WTVN. And we are back at Bucks Line final segment. I do want to say this could be. Our final Bucks line, but I'm going to be positive. Michigan State's going to lose. Ohio State's going to win. And if that happens, Buckeyes are in the Big Ten title game. And we do have another Bucks line next Thursday. So, in Indiana? Uh, We're going to Indy? If that happens? It would be here. Where's Mike? <laughs> you got to work on Mike, uh, Mike <laughs> Elliott. Where's Mike Elliott? Is still over So if, uh, if the Buckeyes do get to a Big Ten title game, just so everybody knows, we would be back here next Thursday. Otherwise, this will be it. And I want to thank everybody for coming every week. You guys make it, make us so proud to come out and uh, do what we do. It makes it a lot of fun. So thank you, everybody. Thanks to our producers, Josh Campy, throughout the course of the year, everybody that calls and listens. It's a fun show. And these guys to my right and also Jeff Rapp and Dave Metzl make it fun for me. So we really, really appreciate everybody. Thank hey, you, Matt. Hey, hey Matt. Yeah. It, it can happen. You remember 07, don't you? I, I totally remember 07. So hopefully we're back here uh, a week from tomorrow. Back out to the crowd. Renee, who you got? We have Joffrey from York Center. Joffrey, Joffrey. how you doing? I'm doing good. Does that mean we're going to have a uh, bowl bucks line in case? We'll have to work on work that, out? too. We'll see We'll see if we have that. Um, Stay tuned. Yeah. 
You know, we know every team each year is a little bit different, but after watching the offensive play calling from last year to this year, is Urban Meyer's offense, uh, does it need a top-quality offensive coordinator to run it? Or, you know, are we going to see Saturday – Urban doing more of the play calling going through him. So I remember Coach Bruce used to get upset because we'd question, you know, he called a lot of his plays at the in the last few years, and I think Coach Trestle yes. ran a lot of his through him. Yes. So that's the question. You well, know. Urban was asked this week, uh, how much were you involved in the play calling? Uh, how much are you week to week? And he said, I'm involved, and I, I can't remember exactly how it was. How much are you going to be involved this week? He said, I'm going to be involved more. So – um, and Coach uh, Bruce, uh, when Earl's been up here, he's talked about Urban doesn't call very many plays. I mean, right. he really doesn't. It's funny. We talked about him overruling on that fourth down play, which we which he wouldn't have uh, a couple of years ago. But he really does not call many of the plays. But I'm sure he's not happy with things last week. And if you're the head man, Jeff, and you want to get more involved, you roll up your sleeves and you get more involved. Yeah, I think, I think he's really frustrated with the way things have gone. And I think the evolution of a really good – um, offensive scheme and the communication that goes on there takes a little bit of time. And Tom Herman was not here for just one year. Yep, you're right. right. Three years. It evolved into something that was really special, and they kind of learned who each of them were and the stability of that coaching staff. This year, you bring in a brand-new running backs coach, all right, and Tony Alford. You got a brand-new offensive coordinator, the offensive line coach, and you also bring in a brand-new quarterback's coach, all right? So I think there was a whole lot of communication stuff that needed to get better, and it was a perfect nightmare, not a perfect storm, but a perfect nightmare to being able to have something that could gain momentum, I guess is my point. When we talk about chemistry, Stan, it's not just team chemistry, it's coach chemistry. That keeps continuity together, too, because coaches... It doesn't mean these guys are bad coaches. No, no, not at all. They're they're, trying to figure each other out. They're trying to learn the program, so it's hard for them to relay it to the players when they're just trying to figure it out. And, And look, Coach... Tom Herman, as great as he is now and as good as he was last year, that first year we were talking bad about him. Yeah. <laughs> even in a game. Who is his knucklehead? We right, won yes. all those games. Like, what is this nonsense? So, so here it is. I mean, no coach brings in their system. The system's in place. The coach has to come in and learn it. So there is a growing plane. So let's just hope that they all get better. Let's hope they get better really fast this week because yeah. this is a big one. Seniors getting ready to win four of them. That's four right. Four pants. That would hey. be great. And uh, from Stan and I, we want to thank Matt McCoy Absolutely. for everything that Thanks, he does. Matt, nah, nah. Matt is awesome. And he, nah, he's nah, the nah. best. These he's guys the make best. it easy. These guys make it easy. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. And, again, Friday we take over the Corby Show from 3 to 7. And then Saturday we're up in Ann Arbor. Thanks, everybody, for coming out for Bucks Line. Go, Bucks! Get some pants! Give me an OH! OH! Go Bucks! We'll talk to you next week on the Home of the Best Buckeye Coverage. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.